there are many reasons that some of us feel invisible and sometimes strange as it may sound we may even wish to be invisible at times in our lives september is suicide awareness month and it should always be on our radar no matter what the month is what if we told you that you could banish invisibility once and once and for all and actually become invincible Today we're going to be talking to Nancy Lockhart and we're going to share her story of how she moved from being invisible to becoming invincible. Stay with us for more on her unique story. If you're just joining us, welcome to Books with Brigetti. I'm your host, Brigetti Limbanda from Cape Town in South Africa. Our stream is made possible by StreamYard and BeLive Media, helping business owners make live videos. This is an audience-centric show, and we are monitoring the comments, so please feel free to comment or say hello in the chat. If you've never watched the show before, you can let us know that you are new. Type new in the comments or say something, I'm new. and um, we will then give you a shout out. In today's uh, episode, we are talking to Nancy Lockout and sharing her story of how she moved from being invisible to becoming invincible. Just a little bit of her background. Um, Nancy leverages her 20 years of experience creating healthcare brands such as Blue Cross, Blue Shield, Kaiser Permanent, uh, Meditronic and Herbalife. And she um, helps business owners access Fortune 100 brand and marketing expertise, enabling them to rebrand themselves and their businesses to become more profitable. But today we're sharing her personal journey of invincibility. That's really what we want to get into um, today. So not, let's not waste any more time. I do want to welcome her to the show so that she can share her story. Nancy, welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you so much, Bajetti. It's a pleasure to be here. 
I am so glad that you can join us today. Um, you know, we're talking about the book Invisible No More, Invincible Forevermore. And the more I've, I've, you know, spoken to some of the ladies, um, it's amazing how every journey has been incredible. Um, and it was eye-opening when one of the our co-authors said, it's not always about being becoming visible. There are times in our lives when we do want to be invisible. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. I think we've we've all had those moments, those not so proud moments um, in our lives, and we didn't want a spotlight on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think what it's been like for most of us is that even if when we've had those not so great moments when we didn't want the spotlight, it actually became a opportunity to grow. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, and and once you've made that growth, um, you do want to shed visibility on it because you never know who it's going to impact, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yes. So tell us, what is the name of your chapter in the book, Invisible No More, Invincible Forevermore? My chapter is called A Would-Be Princess Finds Her Happily Ever After. So is this, I mean, Walk us through the journey. We don't want all the details. We do want viewers to be buying the book, which is available on Amazon. So if you're watching us on Amazon Live, it's in the carousel. Um, But also welcome if you're watching us on Facebook, on Twitter, on LinkedIn, on on YouTube, wherever you are watching us, it's great. Um, As I said in the beginning, it is Suicide Awareness Month because a lot of people who commit suicide feel invisible and we're hoping that our collective stories um, will inspire you to know that we see you yes we hear you and we are here for you so Nancy let's dive a little bit into the background of of your chapter yeah well you know it's interesting because people have asked me um What's the princess connection? And I have no tie to royalty, but um, but when I was very young, my Aunt Donna, who um, passed in 2016, I was very close with her. And um, I, uh, she, I was the firstborn on that side of the family. So she doted on me quite a bit and she made me feel like a princess. And I fully engaged into the fairy tale of, being a princess and um, she would dress me up, she would put wigs on me, she would she would tell me how beautiful I am. And and so I felt very, very special. The That was wonderful, but the flip side of that was that I really bought into the illusion of a happily ever after, as naive as that sounds. And, you know, that true love conquers all. And um, I think my, my growth uh, through my story is really one about that, can happen, but it's within yourselves versus something external creating that for you. So um, my my story was really one about growing up and trying to kind of pursue that happily ever fairy tale, and um, and being part of of domestic abuse, um, and being moved by my own, you know, my choice to to move with my ex-husband um, to California. I grew up in the Midwest of in the United States. And um, 
and I was isolated. And, and so there was very little that I could do to reach out for help, or at least that's what I perceived at the time. Um, I didn't, you know, I kept it hidden from my family in the Midwest. And it was, I know it wasn't easy when things came out and, and, you know, for, for my family, but, um, but it was a part of my growth. Nancy, so can it I, was, can I sure. interrupt you there? Yes, absolutely. Isn't it strange, isn't it strange how that, you know, family is meant to be the people that you trust the most, that it's part right. of your inner circle and that it's a, it's the circle that's supposed to protect you and it's the circle that you're supposed to feel the, the trust within that circle so that when things do go wrong you know they they the people that should have your back and protect you and yet why is it that when we <laughs> are, are so hurt um that we don't feel safe enough to talk to our circle yeah, it's a, it's a struggle with it. It's a wonderful question. I know there were a couple of reasons why I didn't. Number one, I um, I wanted, I in some way wanted to protect my family from worrying about me. You know, I, I made this giant move and I wanted them to know, oh, I'm okay, I can handle it. And part of it was shame. You know, I, I had gotten into the situation I was in well before I said I do, and moved across the country, well before, you know, things were happening, physical abuse was happening prior to that. Um, it's an interesting, you know, thing that went on in my head, because there was a very, very loud, clear voice that said, you need to go, you need to move, um, despite everything that's going on. So I'm glad that I heeded that, part, that voice, because um, it enabled me to have the life that I have now with my with my daughters and my family. And so I'm very grateful for that part of it. But to answer your question, I think it was those two things, like trying to have the illusion of protection for my family, who once they found out desperately, I know my my mother, still to this day, it, it, it pains her to think about me going through that. But I think she appreciates the growth that I've that I've had. And then the mm -hmm. shame. <laughs> It's kind of a double-edged sword, isn't it? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I I know from from my own story. You know, when when I decided to get married, my dad said to me, "You make your bed, you lie on it." You know, in other words, mm -hmm. don't come back. <laughs> and so, <laughs> yeah, that's tough. That's really tough. Um, and I I didn't appreciate it at the time. Uh, but there were times on reflection, you know, it, it always depends on how you see things. Mm -hmm. It did allow me to grow. It it forced me to grow mm -hmm. um, to, you know, because oftentimes we kind of think, well, you know, um, if things don't work out, I'll just get a divorce. It's a quick fix to right. everything, <laughs> you know, yeah. and I'm not I'm not condoning staying in an abusive relationship that's not what I'm saying here I'm just talking about people are very flippant about their marriage vows it's yeah. two very very separate and different uh, things yeah yeah so it did allow me to grow into sort of you know sort of like well whatever happens I am going to make this a success and you know I'm very happily married 30 years later but you know things happen and you do need to talk to someone um, yeah how do you and I understand that it's very difficult if you've made a decision, for example, to move away from your family like you did, mm -hmm. 
to then sort of feel like you know if i if i do say things haven't worked out it's sort of hang you know crawling back with my tail between my legs kind of feeling mm-hmm. and um and that's not the easiest thing to do <laughs> maybe it's a no. bit of pride i don't yes. know what it is you know yeah. or a lot of pride <laughs> <laughs> that's that's true and you know there was a point um when you know what really propelled me to pursue like i can't be in the situation is um, we were at a point in our marriage when we were thinking about having kids and and I I just couldn't bear having my future children see me in some of the, you know, situations that I was in with, you know, black eyes and swollen head and bruised ribs and all the, it seems so dramatic now on the other side of the, you know, of the experience. But, you know, one of the things that I did, I was, I was raised Catholic, I was married in the Catholic church and um, one of the things that I wanted to do was to go back to the church. I got married in the Midwest and go back to the church and to the priest that married us. And I wanted to just say, I'm no longer married. And I didn't want to excuse it with the, uh, you know, the abuse, but I just needed to to be clear with that, with the priest. And um, and I, I wasn't looking to pursue an annulment. That's a, you know, a, a Catholic church term of like divorce where the church almost forgives you for, for that, you know, um, ha- being not married anymore. And it was a really, really amazing, this man was, I went to Catholic school. He was the ch- in, ha- in charge of our school and to go and to visit with him. I'm like, you know, I need to tell you this. It was very scary. And, um, and he was very, he was amazing because he, he said, you know, Nancy, um, I, I, I said, I don't want to deny that this happened. And he said, um, that's what, not what annulment is. It means that you are ready to accept the sacrament. And, and that's all very religious, the rules and things like that, which, um, I'm, I'm not really, um, very practicing Catholic anymore. I'm very, very deep in my spirituality. But what he allowed me to do is realize I did not want it excused and I did not want it to be disappeared because it was such an important part of my life. And I did ultimately end up going through the process of getting my that marriage annulled. So um, in the eyes of the church that I grew up with and um, and in the legal system in the United States, you know, my my marriage, it was almost like it was forgiven, but not forgotten because it was critical for my for my personal growth so yeah a lot of interesting spokes that come out from from declaring your um (laughs) your independence so to speak did you at any point because very often when women are in abusive relationships especially with a spouse i mean you can be in in abusive relationships in so many different ways it can be Mm -hmm. in the workplace it can be in your friend circle there's many different scenarios but within a, a, a marital situation, did you at any point feel that it was your fault? Because a lot of people, when they're stuck in an abusive relationship, they feel it's their fault, that they did something to deserve this kind of reaction or action mm-hmm. from their partner. Yeah, that's. A, I think it's so common. And it is kind of how your mind twists um, <laughs> your brain around yeah. trying to rationalize yeah. the situation. Um, and And I think, you know, part of it was, going back to the fairy tale, I was just, you know, my ex-husband and I were really, really good friends before any romance started. And so I kept trying to go back, like if he just knew how much I loved him, he would stop hitting me. If he just remembered our our deep friendship, 
he would stop. And, and so I felt like it was my responsibility to prove to him, I love you. I love you. The love of fairy tales that will never die. You know, all of that grandiose, um, you know, feelings. I can, I can prove that this true love will conquer all. And, um, and it was a real, you know, challenge to get to the point of, you know what, it just, it, it doesn't work out like that that way in in most people's lives. And some people have a very wonderful, long, enduring story, but that wasn't meant to be for that situation in my life. So yes, I did feel, I felt very responsible until I finally, like I put it up against that, like, oh my God, what would my kids, how would my kids react if they saw this happening to me? I can't imagine it for myself, putting myself in those shoes to see something happen to my mom in, in that situation in which, would never happen. My dad was a wonderful man. <laughs> and yeah. I have, a, I grew up in a great, you know, a great family. So, you know, you could say, oh, you were abused. I wasn't, I wasn't, you know, so it was still all of the things that people say, oh, it perpetuates itself. I didn't have that. So it was, still was very foreign concept for, for me to like, even grasp, I am being hit. This isn't right, you know. Mm-hmm. I think it's a tough, you know, sort of realization. I think, I don't know, you know, how what it was like in your case, um, but sometimes women can feel like this is a dream, you know, uh-huh. almost as if mm-hmm. you're having an out-of-body experience. Yes, yes. Um, you know, like you're having, this is twisted reality, like mm-hmm. you're in the matrix. Yeah. Like I'm, going to, I'm going to wake up and this was just a bad dream. This isn't really happening. And, and I suppose that is some kind of a disassociative, um, uh, reaction to protect yourself mm-hmm. but at, at some point you realize you know I think when you sort of these are physical bruises yes um you know I'd, I'm not imagining you can sometimes when somebody abuses you emotionally you don't always recognize it because it's insidious and it's you know happens over a long period of time you're conditioned but when somebody physically puts a fist to you mm-hmm. um you can actually see the bruise you know you can't pretend like it's not there yeah um yeah i think you know you you bring up two very very good points one that feeling of you know invisibility i i always go back to a a, a point in time when i was i was crouched down on the floor and um and my ex-husband was kicking me. He was a sheriff and he had steel tipped boots and they were very, <laughs> they hurt. And I just felt like, okay, I'm just going to disappear from my body. Like I thought that I didn't do it, but I, I was like, if I, ju- I just, I'm going to get through this. And, but I, if I just remove my thoughts from this situation, I'll be okay. Um, so that feeling of, I just want to disappear. I just don't want this to be happening. This isn't part of my narrative was was very real. Um, but that whole idea of the physical versus the emotional abuse, you know, Brigetti, I would sometimes look in the mirror at my face and I would go, listen, Nancy, at least you have something that's it's proving this is not right. <laughs> and I would think about what if someone was emotionally abusing me, which I'm sure in some respects, there was some of that just given the nature of you know, the dynamic of, of, of abuse. But I, I was like, you have, this is proof. You've got to do something about this. This isn't right. This isn't normal. This isn't what you deserve. 
And so I would often think about people that are just like being manipulated, gaslit, uh, you know, all of that stuff that isn't something you can stare in the mirror and go, this sucks, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So without divulging too much, <laughs> you know, because I really do want people to go and buy the book and read your story. What was it that was, what was the difficult part for you of seeking help? Why was it so hard for you to seek help with the physical abuse? Yeah, I think, you know, a lot of it, again, was was the shame of being in the situation. And once I got over the, you know, the illusion of the fairy tale, it was the shame of like, I should know better. People are going to judge me. How, how could I let myself get into that situation? And, you know, what it I think by the grace of God, my um, my ex-husband worked at, at night and I worked during the day. And so it gave me some breathing room, so to speak. And through my work, there was a employee assistance program um, that was offered, you know, for legal or, you know, psychological advice. And I, I decided to reach out to, to that program and ask for help. Now, when I first did it, it was the first time I had verbalized I'm being physically abused. And unfortunately, the person on the other line did what you're not supposed to do. She's like, oh my God. And I was like, I want to hang up the phone and disappear and not pretend that happened at all. But ultimately, um, I was connected with, uh, with a woman that I still see today. Um, so she's seen me through ups and downs of life. And <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure, you know, she's amazing. I, I consider her um, my, you know, my doctor, but also someone who has my heart and soul at front and center for me. So I'm, I'm very grateful that I was able to make that connection with her at that time. But that was the real catalyst of me, like shifting, you know, I guess the thing is, is you never like really think about your resources when you're in that situation, because you can cover it up and like, I can't get out. I don't know how to, you know, my husband's a police officer. What am I going to call the police? It wouldn't, it, it wouldn't have so, mattered. So that was a difficult thing for you. Mm -hmm. um, being in a position because your your ex-husband was the sheriff right yes mm -hmm. so yeah. he was the police so if you what yeah. would have happened if you what would have happened if you went to went downtown and said my husband's abusing me what was what would the likely outcome have been of that well i think um i probably never thought of like leaving the house with my face exposed to be you know talk about having all this pride but if I were to, I thought of calling and he had one time said, call the police. And when I decided to, um, to leave my husband, and I were talking about the, you know, it was quite civilized, our separation after we decided to, but I was in bed and his um, sheriff uh, friends had literally came into my bedroom, woke me up and said, why are you leaving him? What are you doing to him? So the so the fraternity of <laughs> of police was they were very close and and it was you know very much like they were looking out for him. I'm sure they didn't know the the whole story. They knew his side of the story. But in that instance it's kind of like I would have probably called he would have intervened and said, you know, my wife 
or I wasn't at that time, my, you know, my girlfriend is just having a bad day and she, she overreacted and they, he, you know, he flashes badge and they'd be on their way. Now in the United States laws are very different now, um, where if there's any kind of a, you know, inkling of any kind of, of, of abuse that the police have to have to intervene regardless of who's pressing charges. And thank God that that's there because I think that was something that held me in like, I have no way out of this. I don't know how to, I don't know how to do this, you know? So, um, so yeah, it was, it, I think for people going forward, like really examine what resources, who you can reach out to, and you'll, will be amazed at the people that want to help that had no idea. And they will take you in their arms. When I left my, you know, my dear friend let me sleep on her couch and it was the hardest night of my life leaving my marriage, despite everything it was, I desperately just wanted to go back because it was what I knew. And yet I, I endured, I was like, I, okay, God, you got to help me with this one because I know there was one part of my brain that knew and the other part of my brain that knew the life that I knew. And so I, you know, going back seemed like, okay, well, at least I know what I have to handle in this new life. I have no clue the next step that I'm going to take. I think, you know, it's very easy for people to say, um, leave. Yes. <laughs> But it's 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 not it's not that cut and dry mm -mm. to leave, you know, to go into the unknown um, yeah. and not knowing what's going to happen tonight or tomorrow or the day after, um, and that's you know it's it's more complicated obviously if you do have children and young children at that. Yes. But even if you are just, you know, even if you don't have children, I. It, there's nothing easy about it. No. It's a very hard decision to to leave something that you know. Even if, even this, it's a it's a weird phenomenon how a lot of people speak of being addicted to the abuse. <laughs> yeah, to the drama. Yeah, to the drama. Um, I, mm -hmm. Yeah, there was a lot of drama in my in my first marriage. That's for sure. Um, I I you know it it is it can be very very you know challenging. Um, just be, again, it just went against the whole script that I had for my life. And that was very difficult. But the idea of, you know, the, of the potential children, it was just like, I can't bear to have that happen, um, to them. And, you know, the thing is, is, you know, my story is a lot about the abuse, but there's still, you know, you get through, I left, I started a new life and there's still things that still challenges and, and issues and things that, are bring life brings forth to you that you can choose to have it let it happen to you or you can let it happen for you and look for the opportunities for growth and that's not easy but it does take no. trusted trusted people friends my therapist you know my family and my dear friends um and and of course you know it's amazing with this book the i just i i've gotten you know 28 new dear friends that we while not shared the same story have a similar story of of going through you know some kind of of trauma and then coming out stronger and wiser and wanting to just support and share with the world our stories which just makes i mean it is wonderful i encourage anyone that's in a situation this book is so powerful and in such a ray of hope um 
for people that are, you know, that think there isn't hope. There is. And you know what? We're all, we're all just wanting to share and support anyone that's going through any one of our situations um, in the book. It's been an amazing, Linda, Linda Sunshine West brought together um, these women in a magical way. And I've told her that I'm like, you have magic in you <laughs> because we are, we are so close. You're in South Africa. I'm in the United States. I feel like, you know, we're sisters. I, I do. I feel very, very close to the women in this book. It has been an amazing journey. <laughs> and Linda has been, you know, it, it was her brainchild, mm -hmm. um, this book. Yeah. And, um, you know, she comes from a place of being really authentic. Yes. Um, and to get to where she is, you know, she started her journey by journaling every single day for an entire yes. year um, about her fears and, uh, you know, and how she overcame that fears. And she was consistent every single day. She would yeah. journal what she was afraid of. And then um, and that's how she overcame her fears. And it's not what I like about what we've done and what Linda does is that it's not the absence of fear but it's doing mm -hmm. things in spite of the fear and growing um, because of that. And so that's really what the emphasis is on. Nancy, if you were to sit across the table and have a cup of tea with a woman that is now stuck in an abusive situation, what would you say to her? Well, I would, first of all, I would, from an emotional perspective, which I think is the like initial, you're not alone. It's not your fault. And you will get through this. You have to make the choice to get to get through this. It's not going to be easy, but you will be stronger and better on the other side. And then I would sit down and go through the tactical ways. Okay, what are your options? You know, what do you have in savings? What do you have? Where, what, where can you go? What are so I think sometimes we can talk a lot about you will get through this, but if I can help someone What's the practical side, right? How, how do you well, how you know it's really nice to be you know on the on this side of the of that and go, you can get through it, but without some practical guidance, a roadmap to get from point A to point B with support, I think, you know, it's, it's, it's nice and it's hopeful, but being in that situation, if someone would have told me that I would, I would have just been like, there's no way I can get out. Are you kidding me? Look at my situation. There's no way. So if, if I could do that and help someone with my experience and what I did um, and if, and help them to find their resources, that would be amazing to be able to offer that help. Absolutely. And one thing that Christy pointed out um, about our book, Invisible No More, Invincible Forevermore, is that every mm -hmm. single chapter has is has got a link to the individual website of yes. the author. So you can reach out to each one of us via our websites. Um, yes. So if, if our story uh, resonates with you, and um, and you find yourself in a similar situation and you just want somebody to talk to, because as we mentioned in the beginning, very often right in the beginning of your journey towards recovery, mm -hmm. it's very hard to open up to your family and it may be easier to reach out to someone that you yes. resonate with. And so if you resonate with our story, um, all of our websites has got to contact me um, 
section. So reach out to us there. And, you know, if you, because a lot of people feel hopeless, and that is why I feel we do want to, to, um, to also speak to people who are feeling that hopeless mm-hmm. that they think that suicide is an option. Absolutely. And we want to say to you, before you go there, or if you're feeling Think. that way inclined, please reach out to us, any one of us in the book. Abs- you know, Absolutely. And I do, yeah, and I do want to say, you know, the the links I think in a lot of our stories are links to our, you know, to our businesses, or our practices, that type of thing. But please, these the women in this book are are our our priority is to spread this this hope and and our stories and to help whoever we can. So don't feel like you're it's not the right message to go to the website to talk to someone if that's the way the avenue. And we're opening our arms to you and inviting you to to reach out to us. Then please please do it because uh, you know it brings us joy it gives us fulfillment and purpose to be able to share our stories and to provide a, a way to to help and and bring hope to people so i would thank you so much Brigetti, for bringing that up because it is we are you know this group of women is we're people we're people first people so we want to we want to help I know. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's been every single time that we've been on the same screen together talking. It's amazing how, di- I mean, we couldn't be more diverse if you tried. <laughs> no, We live in different parts of the globe. We come from different, um, you know, situations all together. Mm-hmm. But there is just that one common thread um, that we've all experienced pain yes. at some level you know mm-hmm. different different experiences but I've been amazed at how many times somebody says something and I'm like oh my goodness that <laughs> happened to me too and you know it's it's amazing how some how in our journey um you know it's it's amazing how our minds work our minds protect us and sometimes we forget things Mm-hmm. Or we don't realize yes. that something's happening happening to us, you know, especially in an abusive relationship. You don't often, <sighs> often, you don't even realize you're being abused until somebody says to you, but you, you know, that's abuse. And you're like, really? <laughs> <laughs> that's so true. You're, it's so true. There's a lot of things that have unfolded for, for me where I'm like, oh my God, I, I did. I pushed that, suppressed that in some way. And not that I want to, um, raise a, you know, I don't want to be in any way considered a victim, but it's like, oh my gosh, I did go through that. And now I'm so much stronger on, you know, go having gone through it because of the support that I had, because I reached out for support, but you're absolutely right. It's an interesting, um, amnesia that we have, you know, where we kind of, and then we start writing about it and a lot of emotions come forward and vulnerabilities within your own self. But then when you can kind of take a step back or come together as we have in this book, um, it's, it's amazingly powerful. It's a, it's a, it's a true gift. I know it's, it's crazy how many aha moments I've had, (laughs) you know, when somebody says this happened or that happened and I go, wow. Or I may have forgotten those details, you know, and yeah. I think it's it com- also comes from um, often the uh, the abuser 
makes you believe that the abuse never happened or it isn't happening. It's in your mind. Mm. You know, you're imagining things. Yes. And it's amazing, oh, yes. you know, that those are sort of all, all narcissistic tendencies of, of absolutely mm-hmm. where they try and sort of twist your reality and make you want to think that this is normal mm-hmm. or it's just your imagination it never happened you know it wasn't that bad yeah. yes okay yes. i gave you a blue eye but it wasn't <laughs> that bad you know right okay i picked you but it wasn't that bad yeah uh, or the promise you know it won't happen again i promise i promise i'm so sorry i'm so sorry um where it becomes kind of minimized i, I apologize for that you know whatever the rule is in their mind of making it acceptable you know or forgivable you know yeah. yeah and and i find that often that they do you know um n- narcissistic behavior is to to minimize um yeah. the the wrongdoing you know it's not so, it's not so bad you know <laughs> absolutely um, yeah. and 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 they think that just sort of saying you know i'm sorry makes it okay and yet tomorrow they'll do the same thing you yeah. know it's it, it's a never-ending cycle and so one does need to find a safe space and again I want to say to people out there if you are in a situation um, do know find one of the stories find one of the yeah. ladies in the book um, reach out to us we are opening ourselves to being uh, contacted and you know something I think it was Christy that mentioned it one of the ladies mentioned it there's nothing special about any one of us we're just ordinary people yes. Um, who've had experiences and you know I think thanks to Linda Sunshine West who's um, motivated us to to share our stories and um, you know hats off to each one of the ladies who decided to to share. Yes indeed indeed and I think you know Linda just a little you know kind of plug for Linda she did so much. We wrote our stories. We told, you know, our truths. But Linda made everything happen for us as far as supporting us through the whole process, promoting us, and and you know, and she's continuing to do that. So if you're ever thinking about writing your story, contact Linda Sunshine West at womenactiontakers.com because you cannot get more support. And I'm telling you, she creates the space of of amazing, you know, women and and friendships, and you you will not feel like a number. You will not feel like just another, you know, client of hers. You will feel you will feel connected to her, just like we're all connected to one another. But at the leadership of her, so um, I encourage people to to reach out to her, and you know, she brought us to number one status in six categories before we launched our book you know, our official launch date. So she's she knows what she's doing. But I, I think I also want to let people know that if you are wanting to write your story, um, it may seem like, and, and that was certainly true for me. I've been mm-hmm. trying to write a book for the longest <laughs> time, but I keep envisioning myself like, you know, I don't have six months to set aside to write a book. I yeah. just don't. And I don't want to spend 10 years writing a book. And when Linda approached me to be part of this collaborative book, I thought, that's my opportunity. I can mm-hmm. write, I may not be able to write a whole book. I don't, you know, I don't have the time or the capacity to write a whole book, but I can certainly write a chapter. 
-hmm. So if that's you and you're currently thinking, I, I would love to tell my story, but I don't know where to start. I don't know how exactly. to write a book. I don't have the time to write a book. A great place to start is a collaborative book. Yes, um, 1,000%. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, it was on so many levels. On so many, And Linda's got it figured out. She, she really does. has got it figured. I mean, she's like a house on fire. You know, she, I mean, she, <laughs> got it, she wrote her first book. She she started writing collaborative books herself, but she's figured she's got the whole process of writing a book um, with collaborators, getting the book printed, getting the book marketed, getting the book onto Amazon in yes. ebook in printed form, in getting it to bestseller status. She's got that entire process. But she's I don't know. I want to almost say she's got the whole thing perfected. Yes, I, I agree with you. And an international bestseller now, you know, so what that means for us, because all of the proceeds are going to dress for success to help other women. And I'm that's so what glad I mean. You mentioned that. I'm <laughs> but so that's what I mean. I forgot about that. Let's yeah, talk but about that's that for the a second. Absolutely. Absolutely. But, you know, it's part of what I said. We're people, people. We're not trying. We want our messages out. We want to help as many people as possible. And of course, Linda, you know, she, she, asked us, what do you guys want? Who do you want to support in a charity from this book? And we all got together and decided on the Dress for Success organization, which is not just about clothing. It's about giving women that, you know, that arm reach out to help support them, whether it be putting together a resume or doing mock interviews or just getting the confidence to, to take their, take control of their life and, and, you know, and get back out into the, you know, into the working world. So I think we're all really proud of, of that organization. And, um, and, you know, so every aspect of this book is about, you know, us sharing and giving. And so again, encourage you to, to reach out to any one of us, if you're feeling any inkling of, of, you know, despair, and like nobody, nobody can know or understand, or you're ashamed. We've all been there. And we want to help you. Absolutely. So we help. We we extending a hand of help to to you, whoever you know. If you're watching this live or on the yes. replay, um, we're extending a hand to you. If you're in a situation um, where you feel you have no way out, reach out to one of us. But if you buy the book, you're supporting this wonderful organization, as Nancy just said, Dress for Success. It's a, a registered nonprofit yes. charity that empowers other women to achieve economic um, independence through a whole variety, as Nancy just said, of uh, things. It's not just about the money, but there's many ways in which to help the woman. So you're buying a book, um, your money spent on buying the book is going to a very very worthy cause so i implore you to buy the book whether it's the the, the ebook or whether it is the um paperback. The hard copy the paperback it it really i want to, i'm going to put you on full screen for just a second so we can absolutely so can show that book absolutely there you go it's a beautiful cover of a woman coming out of the darkness an amazing title and it, and an easy read. It's really, I mean, 
it's a great, easy read. Maybe not easy topic-wise, but very, you know, and it feels so good to touch the book. Let me tell you guys, get the book. <laughs> It it really is a beautiful book, and I and I do love the symbolism behind you know the reason why Linda chose that particular um, cover was as you said just to show you know women coming out of darkness yes. um, into the light. So it wasn't a matter of just sort of randomly looking at a, a random picture. There's a lot of meaning behind um, having chosen that specific image for yes. this book. Yes. So a huge shout out to Linda Sunshine West for doing a phenomenal job um, on getting this published. And again, just saying, you know, if you really want to get into the space of getting published, Linda knows exactly what she's doing. Um, she takes mm -hmm. care of the entire process. Yes. All you have to do is write your chapter. She'll give <laughs> you a deadline. She'll tell you when it's due. <laughs> She's got, she can predict the entire process. She knows exactly how long each sequence lasts. Um, and she, you what you really do not have to do a thing other than submit no. your chapter. She'll give it back to you to make corrections. Um, you know, whether you have one, two or three iterations, but she's got a timeline. She's got it down pat. She's got it all figured out. You won't have to worry about a thing about the actual yeah. process after you submit your chapter. So if you've dreamt of being an author, reach out to Linda. Yes. Yes, do, do. If it's on your bucket list, do it, do it. You will be thrilled with the process. Nancy, thank you so much for sharing. People, please, you know, read Nancy's um, chapter in the book, Invisible No More, Inv in, uh, Invincible Forevermore. Um, <laughs> we're not heroes. We're not, none of us feel like we're heroes. We just feel, you know, we are just ordinary people who've had experiences and um, and we found the strength through the encouragement of Linda to share our stories with the world. And I think almost every single one of us has felt that this is just the beginning. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes, it is. Definitely. It's, it's kind of, you know, I think each one of us want to write we found the courage through this experience that we want to write more and, and share more um, because it's not just been empowering for us. We hope that it will, well, the feedback we've had so far from other people is that they, our message has empowered them. Um, mm -hmm. We've had so many messages so far. So, yes. um, yeah. so go get the book. Yes, for sure. And I know when I started writing, we had a number of, of words to write I started writing, I went three times the amount of writing. I was like, and I wasn't even out of high school. So I have another book in me. <laughs> I know it was crazy when, you know, when, when Linda first gave me the word count, I thought, can I write that many words? I know. I did too. Once I started, once I, once I got started, you know, it was very difficult. And I, I had to cut back and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, how do I reduce this? Uh, I know exactly what you mean, Bajetti. I did the same thing. I was like, oh, my God, I better word count. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so over. I haven't even gotten to the good parts. So. Absolutely. Well, it really has been an opportunity for growth, Yes, I think, just having this experience of, 
of sharing our stories. Mm -hmm. Nancy, thank you so much. This was amazing. Thank you, Brashadi. I want to say thank you to everyone who's joined us. Um, thank you. Watching, much appreciated. Take care, everyone. And again, if you are in a space where you are feeling suicidal because of your situation, um, we hear you, we see you. Please reach out. Um, we're just ordinary people and we are opening our hearts um, to you. Um, do not feel that you are alone or that you are invisible. Yes. Um, do reach out. Please. Thanks for watching, everyone. Take care. Stay safe. Until next time, it's goodbye for now. Goodbye. You have a story. A story that is unique. A story that needs to be heard. A story that people care about. So it can get them to stand up for what they believe in. It can inspire them to change. It can inspire them to take action. It can inspire them to care. Care enough to be the light to someone's darkness. Care enough to extend a helping hand to someone who's down and out. Care enough to call things the way they are and see them for what they could be. Your story can make a difference. Your story can save a life. Your story matters. One story changed the entire world. Your story could do the same. All you've got to do is own your story.